I think on average, most companies are doing okay. Most are making plans to adapt to it or executing these plans. Some are doing super well and some are hit, but on average, it's still okay. It all continues because in general, tech companies are maybe a bit more used to digital interactions uh, and we have very little, actually we have no exposure to the travel entertainment uh, industry. From that point of view, I think we're not exposed to the most hit sectors. As a venture capital firm, Finch Capital does focus on the, the fintech sector, doesn't it? Yes. So fintech and after the first fund, we also added artificial intelligence and Internet of Things to it, which most of these companies sell also their software and solutions to financial institutions. So financial institutions, the financial expertise and the network are uh, at the core. And on the back of that, it's you could call it disruptive fintech as well as fintech enablers, which are companies helping the financial institutions to make a digital transformation. Within the fintech sector, if we can just deal with the losers, who's going to face problems now uh, over the summer and indeed into the the post-crisis recovery period? One factor is, of course, cash. So so the ones that don't have sufficient cash to to run through the next six months in combination with a business model that is exposed to the current environment, uh, such as everything related to FX uh, linked to uh, travel uh, business. There will be less uh, in that area. Or companies that had very high valuations, high burn and limited cash. So we think in general, the more B2C type of business models tend to be the more higher cash consuming businesses uh, with, with lots of people based on high growth, but maybe not yet materialized uh, revenues per, per customer. And we see increased scrutiny, uh, first you saw it in the public markets with the IPOs, but also in the private markets of uh, people wanted to see real economics rather than many of users to be proven metrics. And so the, the most immediate challenged players are those, which we think like some of the challenger banks that are running out of cash were planning to raise money, but don't have the money now. And they will face a complex choice of, yeah, if you cut down people or cut down regions that hits your growth story and if your growth story is fundamentally changed it hits your valuation so so we, we expect them to be in a very tough uh, spot then we think in the wealth management industry that they will face a challenge that in general already margins were thin but uh, with a drop in the capital markets value as the management has come down and with the lower estimate management there are less revenues and uh, in general we expect that there will be a part of the market that there's some flight for safety wherever they move to execution only let's follow the average trend uh, we've also seen in the past that when there is a crisis and people are losing money they value advice and a person more than they do it when things all go uh, well so we see that also in the wealth management industry I think in the distribution place for insurers, there is a question how much need there is for some of the products. Think about travel uh, insurance. People are not traveling now, so that, uh, it's nice that you have it on demand, but there might be less of that. Business models and insurance linked to insuring Airbnb type of models, insuring Uber drivers, companies that are in the insurance space in, in areas where volume has dropped significantly, we also see being challenged. Uh, expected consolidation there. Who's going to be coming out on top over the summer 
and into the future. Winners will be there also in the challenger banks, there will be clear winners, even more so because we think that's a space where winner takes it all. So probably the one which has raised the most money, has the biggest war chest, is very well positioned to take advantage of this situation where some of the others might have been in. So that's in that area. Then across the board, we think, at least what we have also seen in the companies in our portfolio, that big institutions like banks and insurers have, although many of them have gone into a cost containment mode, have doubled down on everything which is related to digital. So helping them to onboard digitally, helping them and their customers to manage insurance claims electronically, helping them to create, let's say, the front end in a digital way to interact with the customers. We think that all these different solution providers and product providers, whether it's for insurers, banks, asset managers, are benefiting because the current crisis with a very large part of the population and being forced to work digitally by being in a lockdown has been a perfect stress test for financial institutions to see where their digital interactions were not working or areas where they were too dependent on a human or physical interaction. And so we think that across the board is going well and very well positioned and uh, will come out even stronger because I think these were boring areas prior to the crisis. Uh, in general, there was already a bit more of a shift to go into that area, uh, but boring can become very sexy from a growth and unit economics point of view. I always remember what was said about um, banking at the time of the, the financial crisis a decade ago, is that if banking is exciting, you're doing it wrong. No, I think that uh, saying will be uh, probably repeated many more times uh, going forward. Then we, we think that consumer lenders and factoring trade finance players will also be well positioned, especially those ones that maybe don't have a book built up yet and with new capital can build up more of a new book rather than managing the legacy uh, books. The third category we see uh, mortgages, uh, although a lot of people would say maybe mortgages because a recession will result in less transactions in new houses. That might be correct in that area. But what you have seen so far, take the UK as an example where in order to complete new purchases of houses and mortgages, in-person valuations were needed, which is not longer working. Most people were still going to intermediaries or in-person meetings with brokers. We expect that one, uh, with rising rates, uh, more people pay attention to remortgaging, which so far let's say one out of five people or one out of 10 people uh, only did. Uh, there's a lot of money there. And with a, a more familiarization with in digital interaction, we will think more people going to digital models and accelerate that shift, which in any case was already ongoing, especially in the area of mortgage, where so far compared to some of the other products, it was relatively more in person. The same for life insurance, and the two are very linked. So I would say these are the three biggest categories which we see. And we see a lot of other areas that following the crisis, it will continue, but not a fundamental shift different than it was before. Let's finish off by looking at your business then. You're an active investor in financial technology and in technology in general. How is the environment going to change for exit strategies? 
from your investments? Yeah, so we expect two different uh, shifts. Uh, so one is that uh, I think if you look at the last five years, 40% of the exits uh, went uh, via IPO and only 5% of the exit volume went to trade sales to financial institutions and the rest being a trade sale to either a fintech or to a private equity player. Now, we think if you look at the price to earnings or price to book, market to book ratios, the, that gap between the established industry and the fintechs is too big, like an average PE of 30 to 40 versus an average PE of uh, 7 to 6 for financial institutions makes it very difficult to make large-scale acquisitions. But with more depressed valuations, we expect more trade sales uh, to happen to financial institutions, also because uh, the IPO route will be more complicated. I think it was already increasingly complicated, but now for sure. And we also expect some of the fintechs to consolidate among themselves. So that could be challenger banks, that could be some of the wealth players, it could be in payments. We expect more, more consolidation to happen. There were a lot of the funding flows went into that. So we see that more as a consolidation play among uh, these players. And probably some M&A also where the old world is being combined with the new world. So take, for example, a digital broker buying traditional brokers or a private equity player buying traditional brokers, take out a lot of the cost and moving them onto a digital platform. Some of these strategies where, but where it's more likely to combine some form of consolidation play rather than pure organic or financial institutions buying in new skills or complementary skills or clients uh, to strengthen their base. But the financial institutions, we believe more are in the 50 to 250 million ticket range. The bigger M&As, like the billion plus, more fintechs or other parties with high. Now, the second trend which we see in that context is more Asian M&A led M&A and investments rather than the US side. I think if you look at the Asian stock performance also since the crisis, I think several of the Chinese, Indian and other companies stock performance has been less hit than uh, some of the American or, or European companies. There's a lot of capital there. Also in general in Europe, if you look at Skyscanner and Supercell, they have been acquired by Asian buyers, not necessarily by Americans. So some of the more bigger exits already happened there. And we expect that trend to accelerate also dependent, of course, how severe the recession and crisis will be, how long this will last. But looking at all what we know at the moment, we think Asia recover quicker than the Western world.